When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Booyakasha! This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. And I'm Mike Templeton. Yep, that's right. Keith couldn't make it this week, but we have a guest. Yeah, uh, so this is a dude that I have gotten, had the pleasure to know uh, for about a couple months now. Uh, Found him on TikTok and just an absolute fun guy in the community. Uh, Cody from Cody Too Much New Toys on TikTok. Hello, it is me, Cody Tuckett. Name reveal, name drop. <laughs> See, I was at Cody T, but I, I knew that wasn't your last name. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be here. Super stoked. I've been, I've been kicking through more episodes of the podcast. Love it, guys. So super honored to be on here. So Cody on TikTok does a lot of uh, toy news and kind of toy re- reviews. And uh, I just happened to stumble upon a live of him. Uh, what were we talking about? I think we were... I can't remember what we were talking about and then like we just yeah. got we just got talking about turtles in general and then um I started seeing you in the Facebook groups and I was like okay yeah I'm kind of I feel like I'm sure I I have to assume people are sick of me in the Facebook groups cuz I feel like I'm that oh, guy <laughs> trust me if they're if they're sick of you they hate me cuz there's days that you realize like oh I've posted a lot and I do post a lot. And yeah, I'm like, maybe I should step back, not get into it with people. But well, meanwhile, I'm in the trenches getting into it with people. I, I can't resist. It's it's just, it's it, it just they sometimes they make it a little too easy. Uh which God, I gotta tell you about that that guy you and I were talking about the other day. Um <laughs> but anyway, uh Cody is just has a love for turtles, um, a lot of the, a lot of good stuff. So I uh asked him to uh fill in for keith this week and he graciously accepted uh and uh you sound great too by the way thank you thank you i have i I mean i've tried to dabble into like somewhat of a decent setup so i have like um some okay microphone so yeah i'm trying sounds good uh so spencer what are we doing tonight what did we bring cody into we are going to be covering episodes four, five, and six of season six of the 1987 cartoon. So that's Adventures in Turtle Sitting, The Sword of Yurikawa, and Return of the Turtleoid. Three better than they should have been episodes, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I was about to call them mid, but then I realized that they're actually pretty decent. So they're, they're better they're, than mid for this series. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're slightly better than mid. <laughs> um, 
which I do have a clear favorite. Uh, but yeah, um, without further ado, let's tell some stories. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. Adventures in Turtle Sitting, episode four of season six. This aired October 3rd of 1992, written by Jack Mendelssohn and Carol Mendelssohn. I guess they're a writing duo. And here we go. Splinter is off on another retreat, and the turtles are listening to a news report about world hunger. Donatello is inspired to come up with something to help world hunger and creates the food revivifier, which turns old and rotten food fresh again. But Michelangelo accidentally sprays his brothers with its rays, and Donatello isn't sure what the effects are. Before long, the effects of the revivifier on living creatures becomes obvious. The other turtles begin shrinking into five-year-olds. Much to Michelangelo's horror, he's left in charge of three immature little mutants who are determined to stop Shredder. Elsewhere, Shredder, Rocksteady, and Bebop arrive at a weather station to steal weather balloons and tanks of helium. Rocksteady and Bebop are able to head back to the Tectodrome, where they're confronted by Raphael, Leonardo, and Donatello, who are unable to effectively fight back. Fortunately, the turtles are rescued by April. Michelangelo leaves them napping in her apartment and heads to the lair in an effort to reverse the effect. Since April has a broadcast coming up, she leaves the turtles with Irma. The small turtles cause more chaos in and around April's apartment, much to Irma and Michelangelo's chagrin. Krang reveals his bizarre plan to Shredder. He's distributing treasure maps on an artificial island that he's building himself, which is attached by a chain to the Technodrome. Once all the criminals in New York are on the island, he'll release it and let them float away on the helium food, the helium-filled weather balloons and yeet them into space, which will allow him to be the sole underworld boss. April is called on to report on the strange convergence of underworld types and ends up bringing the turtles with her. Unfortunately, her helicopter is shot down by Rocksteady and Bebop, and they're confronted by the two mutants as well as a troop of foot soldiers. Michelangelo and April are taken captive easily, but the three younger turtles run off and leap into the ocean, which reverses the effect of the revivifier. They return to the artificial island and free April and Michelangelo, driving Shredder into retreat. Krang releases the chain to set the island afloat in the sky, but the turtles pop balloons one by one, letting the island sink down into the ocean. That evening, they dismantle the revivifier just as Splinter returns to the lair. Not bad for your first time. Thank you. Thank you. If I need to redo any of it, I'm happy to. <laughs> You're totally good. No, that sounded great. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That brings us to my episode number five, <clears throat> Sword of Yurikawa. Uh, this episode aired October 10th of 1992 and was written by Mark Handler. So the turtles are trying to watch TV, but it won't work. And Leo won't let anyone else try and fix it but him. Splinter walks in and fixes it and says that's because the turtles don't have the ninja spirit. On TV, the news comes on. April is reporting on a sword at the Japanese embassy, the sword of Yurikawa. Splinter recognizes it, and it's a mystical sword that is always changing and yet always stays the same. He sends the turtles to guard it because he knows that Shredder or someone will try and steal it. They reluctantly go. Under the ocean, Krang is revealing his most recent scheme to Shredder. He has created a new mind control ray, which works on only really dumb mutants. He'll mutate a bunch of mud into mutants by blowing up a bridge while a toxic waste truck passes over it and controls the mutant and he will control the mutants using his ray. 
April's report appears on a monitor and Shredder decides he must get that sword immediately. It's what he's going to use to blow up the bridge. Also viewing the report is Lafayette Ledron. And he is and he also wants the sword for his massive weapons collection. Using a ring that shoots a ray beam, he's going to go get it. The turtles still don't have ninja spirit, so they stop on the way to the embassy to eat pizza. And in their absence, a ninja sneaks in and steals the sword and replaces it with a fake. Then Ladrone sneaks in in ninja garb and does the same thing as the last thief. And then the Shredder sneaks in in different ninja garb and steals the replacement of the replacement. Shredder gets back to the Technodrome and tries to show it off before he realizes he has been duped. He heads back to the surface to find where the real sword is. By the time the turtles arrive at the embassy, the cops are there. They then spot the thief of the original sword and try to beat him up. But they are defeated. They go to Channel 6 to have April dig up information for them. Security footage shows Ladrone's ring, uh, and, they, and they tie the theft to him and go to investigate. They fight him and then learn that his sword is a fake. After the turtles leave, Shredder shows up because he's been following them. So he cuts Ladrone a deal. If they team up and get the sword, Shredder will let him have it after he's done using it. The turtles are ready to give up their search and apologize to Splinter when the mystery thief appears again with the original sword drawn. They ask the thief nicely if they can have the sword back and the ninja hands it over and disappears. Shredder shows up and tries to take it. Ladrone backs him up in a tank and they capture the turtles and the sword. Shredder goes to the bridge and tries to destroy it, but the sword won't cooperate. The mystery ninja shows up and frees the turtles. It was Splinter the whole time. Surprise, surprise. Not really. It was pretty obvious. Either way, he lets them know that the sword can only be used for good. And then him using the sword saves the day and sends Shredder and Ladrone packing. The end. Riveting storytelling. And finishing up this trilogy of episodes is Return of the Turtleoid. Episode 6 of Season 6, original air date, September 26, 1992, a David Wise joint. The Turtles watch April's news broadcast about the invention of a sonic disintegrator ray, which can turn solid metal into powder. Leonardo is convinced that Shredder will steal the disintegrator and use it for some evil purpose, so the Turtles head to the lab to guard it. Much to their surprise, the one who shows up to steal it is the mob boss Big Louie who escapes after a fight with his goons and the turtles. Meanwhile, outside, a metallic capsule from space lands on the street and releases a robot, Destructor X, that immediately starts destroying the doors of buildings in the area. The news interrupts the turtles' attempts to relax after their exciting evening, and Leonardo remains convinced that it's the doing of Krang and Shredder. As they investigate, the turtleoid Kerma appears behind them and reveals that he needs their help once again. His newest problem is Destructor X. As he takes them back to his spaceship, Destructor X breaks in, and Michelangelo discovers by th that the bright lights overload Destructor X's sensors. So the turtles decide to head to Channel 6 to use their lights. Meanwhile, Big Louie rages about his latest loss to the turtles and gets Vernon to tell him where the turtles are. 
Kerma reveals that Destructor X is actually a law enforcement robot meant to take down the most vicious criminals in the galaxy. But due to an electronic glitch, it mixed up Kerma with the name Nerma. Just then, both Big Louie and Destructor X break into the newsroom, and the Turtles manage to blind the robot with the bright TV lights. Destructor X soon leaves them in retreat. But at the same time, Big Louis steals Kerma's portable gold-making machine. The loss of his gold weakens Kerma, and Splinter is left to guard the Turtleoid in April's apartment. Unfortunately, Destructor X breaks its way into April's apartment, forcing Splinter and April to place Kerma on the roof and defend themselves against it. Meanwhile, Raphael and Leonardo go deal with Big Louie in an old marble factory, snatching back the gold machine, while Donatello and Michelangelo get to the disintegrator to use it against Destructor X. They arrive just in time to save Kerma from Destructor X, and Donatello shoves the disintegrator into Destructor X's body, reducing it to powder. The turtles bid farewell to Kerma as he blasts back off to Shell Rilla. As the turtles reflect on all their trouble the alien friend has gotten them into, they spot some thieves breaking into a store and chase them down the street. The end. Nice, short, and sweet and to the point. Yeah, I mean, not a bad episode. But uh, let's uh, talk about it in the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. All right, so the first thing I noticed in episode four, Adventures in Turtle Sitting, is Kring is extra purple in this episode, and then Shredder comments on it. Yeah, his, what is it, like the purple brings out the violet in his eyes or something like that? Yeah, he's like, I never noticed how purple brings out the violet in your eyes, because for some reason they just colored him extra purple this episode instead of, it's, like, pink. It's really weird, like, this season and a lot of, like, it really started in, like, season four, um, where, depending on who was animating the episode, like, the, the colors would change wildly. Um I think we talked about it before how like splinter would be in a pink robe sometimes and then a purple and other times and and so on and so like now since season five they've kind of landed on this color palette but even then it's still kind of like inconsistent within itself and so like mm -hmm. sometimes the turtles are like really off color or like donatello is sometimes really purple or closer to pink on this one i noticed is bebop's mohawk not supposed to be all purple is it it's really so, only the top? Yeah, it really is. So that actually goes all the way back to like the first season. Oh, wow. Just for some reason, only like the front of his mohawk is purple. The rest of it is uh, is like that tan, his tan like skin color. I kept thinking like, is it supposed to be a tail? Like, yeah. is that the mutation? It, it looks it so weird. And, well, it's funny because like that's on uh, the NECA figure. And a lot of people didn't realize that until the NECA figure had come out. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing where you just like rewrite it in your brain, like, oh, it's he has a purple mohawk. Well, I mean, so. like it make it makes sense. Like, why would only the front half of it be? And then it seems like an animation error until you realize, no, every episode is like this. He Even might, the good animated ones. He might just be bad at dyeing his hair. I mean, he is an idiot. It's, so. it's probably Rocksteady doing it, and he's just calling it good. After. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bebop can't see it anyway, so he's literally just trusting him. Either that or Bebop is just dyeing his own hair, and he just can't turn his head enough in the mirror and hasn't learned <laughs> yeah. the trick to have a second mirror. <clears throat> you know, He's yeah. got his hands up in his hair. It's, it's tough, so he's doing a great job, all things considered. Rocksteady, can you come in and look at my ponytail? Did I get all of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bebop. Uh, it looks great. 
That's my, I don't know why I did my bebop impression as Rocksteady. Uh, <laughs> did you notice the cameo appearance of one of our favorite bad guys, Mad Dog McMud? I did. So Turtlepedia lists this as his final appearance in the series, unfortunately. He, oh, he man. Went, he went down with the island. We're never, never going to see that guy again. I think, I mean, it's, I think it's like the final one for a lot of these mob bosses or close to it. It struck me with Crane's plan. If the turtles would have just let it happen, they, it would have been, it would have been for the better for all of society. Yeah. It, it's definitely one of those things where they, he makes a comment on like trying to like edge out the competition of the underworld of New York city, but they're, We've never really even seen them <laughs> compete at all before. <laughs> it's like interesting yeah, like, concept if you did like something all of with the it. Mob, all of the mob bosses in this show like tend to operate individually like yeah. in, in, independently of each other. Because you have like Big Louie and he's the only one I can think of at the moment. Big Louie, Mad Dog, and there's a third one there that I can't remember what he was either. But there's like there's so many mob bosses and like Big Louie is the one that keeps coming back. Um, yeah, but it's just, it's just funny how like there's so many like different crime syndicates in in New York, and they manage to avoid like a, a family crime war. Yeah, like, like they they all they all tend to avoid each other, and it's like it's not even like they have their own sections of the city that they work in either. Like they're all literally just avoiding each other. As far as we know, I guess I guess it's something they're... that we haven't seen. On screen, they're very <laughs> must have been going out of the background. Mafia, yeah. Who was the one in the big in the Great Boldini? Oh, is that the feet tickling one? Yeah, <laughs> I looked up Mob Boss, and there's a character named Mob Boss in 2003. Yeah, I don't think they ever gave him an official name, so it probably just called Mob Boss. They needed like a movie at the time to like crib off of. I mean, he's very kingpin, kingpin-esque. Oh, well. Uh, apparently, this is also Big Louie's... Or no, no, right. Hang on. Cut that part out. I was talking about Return of the Turtleoid. Yeah, Return of the Turtleoid is Big Louie's final appearance. Yeah, yeah he kind of had know. a good run in these episodes. Yeah, they like brought him back. Suddenly, you might think he's an important character in this series. <laughs> <laughs> Don Tertelli. Yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. He has like the restaurant, right? Uh, does not really have a restaurant? I think in the 2012 one he might, I because I think that's the name they use in the 2012 one for the mob guy during City at War, as well. 2012 is also really good at like pulling from everything. They're a lot like oh, IMW yeah. in that respect. Yeah, like 20 2012 is such a good like mishmash of everything kind of like how idw is uh the episode's name adventures in turtle sitting very reminiscent of a very popular uh book series adventures in babysitting i wish i didn't know that like i don't know i never even read those books but it's it's burned in my brain enough (laughs) immediately it's like oh yeah i mean i i'm old enough to remember when like that was everywhere because it was they were like goosebumps kind of like goosebumps yeah. for babysitters. <laughs> they were goosebumps for girls club. 
Well, and I guess it, it fits the theme here of like child endangerment, <laughs> which is well, like it's uh-huh. it, it's funny because like this is the first time that we've seen really like baby turtles in this show. Yeah, I want to say we've seen turtle tots before, and it might have been like a flashback or something. Which is which but... we've talked we've talked about before how like in this show they never were baby turtles. I mean, like they never were like mutated baby turtles. They, they remember they grew up specifically into the adult turtle men. Mm-hmm. So it it just it seemed like it, it was kind of neat and novel to see them as like the baby turtles in here because like again like, we've never really seen them like this. They are very adorable, and these are this is the first step that is gonna financially ruin me. I could not have watched this episode at like a worse time. <laughs> oh yeah because we have the accessory back coming so yeah NECA has their plans and now mm-hmm. i'm like oh i already i was like oh those are those are so cool i gotta get them and now now it's a lock i was already gonna get the accessory back anyway but yeah now seeing them with this episode in that context it's like oh yeah i kind of need them uh need to correct myself it was the movie adventures of babysitting i was thinking of the book the babysitter's club oh that's what i'm thinking of too then yeah but yeah. there's a there's a movie adventures in babysitting okay just, so we, i thought i'd heard of a movie yeah i just thought maybe they made a movie based on the book so i was like oh, well there okay. was a t there was a tv show for babysitters club too oh, okay and that's what i was like thinking of was like that whole cinematic universe but uh they <laughs> the two were not uh linked the babysitters see you yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> the baby cinema babysittermatic universe i do have to say with this episode and generally like all of them you really start you really see like how terrible all the characters are to each other so consistently because so so donnie he invents the revivifier ray right and he mm-hmm. tests it on those he says i think they're like he says they're like mushy bananas but those are straight up rotten donnie i don't know what you're you're thinking with those and so he he brings them back. Raph eats it right away. Raph has no standards or fear. And then, so Donnie's seemingly, he's going to solve world hunger with this ray. So Mikey comes up and he says, hey, I found this pizza behind the couch. Let's do it on this. And suddenly Donnie is like outraged, like it's an insult because he has better things to think of. Yeah. But why not try it on more food? I just, I love that. How he's like, oh, Mikey, come on, you clown. It, it's weird how like, yeah, like they get so like weird offended about certain things and it's like you guys live in a sewer man i don't know if you can afford to be that picky right where do they even get bananas i i really it makes me realize like the turtles are thieves like they're oh absolutely they're robbing people absolutely like where do they get the money for pizza well from all the purses that they that they get back for little old ladies they they help themselves out to a little stipend before turning it back in they probably just have some sewer like sewer change. Yeah, they just have some like fish nets set up under different sewer drains that collect the chains. You know, <laughs> I mean that that's that's totally fair too. Get that under Wall Street kind of thing. You know, that's a, <laughs> the money flowing maybe, down their maybe, way yeah, as they before they return the purse, they just take a few bucks out of it. It's their fee. That's what I'm saying. Like they give themselves a little stipend from, from a little finder's fee. <laughs> the old ladies will never know. Uh, are we good to move on to the next episode? Uh, I think so. So Wait, I have more thoughts, though. Uh, okay, oh, go, cool. ahead. go, 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 Hold please. On. So 
back to child endangerment how cool is it that bebop and rocksteady are 100 ready to just beat up some children oh they were ready to go full anakin skywalker on them yeah like they have obviously they know they're the turtles but they're just ready to just beat up some kids <laughs> not a not a second thought to it i also love when they shrink their weapons shrink down too like it's very nice so now you get like the compact weapons great but like not system. their bandanas like the the bandanas like got extra long on them yeah that's true yeah the ray it just works in mysterious ways krang that model i don't know he's he's got too much time on his hands he built such an amazing model it even has like motors to it to like accurately show it it's like my it's like one of my favorite jokes from back to the future when doc brown is like showing marty um the model for like uh hill valley when he wants to send him back to the future um doc apologizes for not being to scale but like the model is immaculate (laughs) like the fully planned out city with blocks and everything yeah it's just so good like krang missed his calling in life well we know we know what krang's hobby is when he sends shredder out to go do stuff krang is back building models yeah he didn't get into model building school, which led to him becoming the dictator of Dimension X. You know, that's <laughs> it's that planning, that forward thinking. Yeah, yeah, if only if only they let him pursue his passions. He's just he's held back. And this like his plans, like this plan was pretty good. Like it. It would have worked. Um, we also learned that the turtles are saltwater turtles. Yeah. <laughs> Which was news to me because it's their natural environment that heals them. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I mean, I think it's news to everybody who tries to look for canonicity and like what kind of turtles these are. So, they're sea yeah. turtles. We got, yeah, apparently, they are sea turtles. Um, lastly, I have uh, April O'Neil is a helicopter mechanic. That was so funny. I had that in my uh, Love Being a Turtle. She's just, oh, I fixed it up. I have the wrench. We're good to go. And they also, they basically leave all the criminals to die. Because as they're getting, like, the island's starting to sink, and it's even, like, capsizing. And they call the Coast Guard to come get them. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's why we don't see the, the mobsters anymore. That's probably, you're probably right. I mean, they had helicopters there that they got there in that disappeared but yeah anyway, but it's, but it's, it's batman begins rules like i'm not gonna kill you but i don't have to save you yeah exactly because like, i think the turtles they're they're kind of they're pro murder i don't think they have a batman rule necessarily well i mean as long as they're the ones not pulling the trigger that's that's it true yeah they'll just they'll leave them they'll leave them to die all right we ready to move on to the sword of yurikawa yeah yep so I, I don't know if they meant to do this or not, but the bad guy's name, Ladrone, sounds a lot like Ladron, which is the Spanish word for thief. I tried but to like see if it was French. I know. I tried I, to see if it was close to the French word for thief because I was like, okay, but he's French. Not even close. At the same time, though, that is very 90s to just kind of mix that kind of casual <laughs> racism. <laughs> yeah. And, and as we know, this show is no stranger to the casual racism. So... Yeah, it's that yeah close enough vibe. Like people yeah. will get the joke. It'll be great. Yeah, so I heard that and I was like, was that on purpose? 
or not. Anyway, so it's just something I noticed. I have no idea if that's what they were going for or not. Like I said, I tried to look up what the French word for thief was, and it wasn't even close to ladrone because I was like, <laughs> well, they're both Latin based. So maybe it's like practically the same word. Nope. Uh, anyway, fun fact for you. <laughs> no, it's a good fun fact. Uh, I actually don't have much for this one. Um, I did think it was interesting. Turtlepedia makes a mention that the Sword of Yurikawa is similar to the Sword of Tengu, which mm. absolutely it is not. <laughs> well, yeah. They both have like the, the flame effects, don't they? I mean, I, think, that way. I think that's it. The Sword of Tengu like, like blasts a big giant shockwave is kind of what it does. And then also like hurts the wielder and like burns their hand kind of thing. And I think that's what they were going for is that scene when Leo tries using it and his hand gets burnt or one of the turtles did. Uh, like, they're not able to do it. I'm 100% confident though that Peter Laird probably didn't know about the Sword of Tengu. And if he had known that this that's what, or uh, the Sword of Yurikawa. Mm-hmm. And if somebody on that show had been like, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we're we're going to bring this back from the 87 series. Uh, Peter definitely would have uh, vetoed that. It's yeah, possible. He's, he's definitely like such a huge stickler for things I can't imagine that slipping by. That's all I have for this episode. So any other like, thoughts or not, we can move on. I like in this one, we right off the bat, Leo is uh, messing with the TV, um, which I think we will get a TV accessory again bad news for me mm-hmm. um but he electrocutes himself which is very realistic because you should not mess with tvs yeah so you I mean, definitely don't leave a tv plugged in while you're working on it even if you want to know if it's going to work immediately maybe do fix it to a point and then uh and then test it well and also before you even touch any circuits make sure there's no capacitors and make sure those are drained of power first Oh yeah, Spencer is an electrician. Those those will <laughs> yeah. shock you. Yeah, I mean the TV's on. He's he's standing there. Yeah, I mean the TV's on. That's the biggest offense right there. Although I have my doubts they've ever used a TV because it's fixed by Splinter adjusting the antenna. And there ain't nobody who's had an antenna TV that hasn't like bent it every single way you could imagine, trying to get like every channel perfectly. Yeah, I mean that's back back in our day when we had the rabbit ears on on tvs like that was the way you fixed the tv yeah like before you did anything else inside the tv you you messed with the antennas i do have to wonder because they were like they were so big on safety that you couldn't have nunchucks right it's kind of shocking they're like let's show leo noodling in his TV. pun intended (laughs) um the other thing i have so we talked about like it's obviously splinter um this i actually kind of like i must have like spaced out because originally i missed where you see ladrone and shredder in their attempts mm. so i go we, we go straight to where um like obviously splinter is is stealing the sword but for me i was like oh it, it can't it's it's got to be splinter but then i was thinking maybe it's an animation error and they were just like not paying attention it's dark so for me there was some genuine mystery if it was splinter or not so it, it kind of made the whole episode delightful for me oh that's nice yeah no for me i immediately saw his brown like clawed furry hand grab it and the brown 
fur behind the mask and i was like oh it's splinter <laughs> yeah like i caught that but i, guess I, just, even, I didn't want even... to believe it so i just like explained it away like oh they colored it wrong i mean to, to your credit they make his snout disappear under that mask like it it does not exist anymore for as long as he's wearing that mask he's he's a master at ninjutsu but like he's still it in. he's still very much like has his claws out yeah yeah the claws are definitely there i do like how like how capable and competent he is he could carry the whole show like they don't even need the turtles like you really see like almost always he's just letting the world like at the mercy of his training students it really it really just made made me think about like how you're right like splinter is very capable uh and so it, it's kind of weird how we how he's like portrayed as like really old and infirm when mm. he's really like at most in his 50s maybe yeah, I'd say this applies to like most versions of Splinter, though, to be honest. Like most versions, he's like yeah. super competent, can do all these amazing things. And you're kind of like, wait, why do the why does he have the turtles doing all this exactly when it seems like he could just solve everything himself? Yeah, like the only the only version to really kind of go into that is Rise. Like I was just thinking that, like, oddly like enough, the it, most it's kind competent. of the the most accurate like characterization of splinter because he's openly like i'm gonna sit in my underwear and watch tv and i can barely tolerate you kids <laughs> which but he's truly, like, like that's most splinters they're just not honest about it <laughs> yeah no exactly oh man gonna get some gonna get some fun letters about that one uh, uh rise is the best i love rice everyone rise knows too. it i love rice too if they would have um, just let it cook i'm confident it could have become like one of the best hands down uh you will find a friend in that uh statement and i am your friend that's it it's just it, it was too soon the movie was amazing uh but getting back on track the but, but yeah like it, it so it's it's always weird like especially when it's splinters that are hamato yoshi because we always see hamato yoshi like as a pretty young man Mm-hmm. And in versions like 2012, like we know 15 years had passed. So, um, like that version again is like at most in his 50s. And you so, would think being a mutant, he'd have some like beneficial healing strength. Yeah, because like the turtles have extra strength. And depending so, like, on the series. <laughs> depending, I mean, depending on the series. Like, I mean, they're, they, it's not like superhuman strength but you know we know at least in 87 the four of them can lift a car yeah (laughs) well yeah and in this one we see this this made me laugh so they're they're breaking into ladrone's mansion Mm -hmm. and so they got to scale the wall so leo gives all the turtles a boost oh that's right he backflips over the wall himself like a like a total boss (laughs) and so and and we know like they i mean obviously because they're turtles they have you know enhanced agility because they're mutants now so it's like it, it, it would be fair to say that like splinter can do a lot of stuff that the turtles do it's just weird that he doesn't i mean i guess it's just a lesson you know don't put in more effort than you have to fellas i mean fair yeah i mean i guess what some of my head cannons for it are is like he has the ability to do these things but because he's old he gets exhausted a lot faster or maybe so he can't be doing it all even... the time He's not even yeah. that much older. 
And that's that's what's kind of throwing me off. The rat DNA could take its toll. Yeah, it could be it could be that. <laughs> you know, we know turtles live forever. So yeah, could be that. Let us know what you think <laughs> in the comments. The last uh, item I have is um and again, I've noticed this, and I, I, I'm sure it's all throughout the series if I'm paying attention more, but the amount of explosions that happen that, A, like, nobody ever notices, like, the neighbors, like, you can just, you can blow stuff up in your house. Because um, Ladrone, he's testing his own ring by himself, right? Um, but he's proving to himself that it works by blowing up his bookcase. Like a score one for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like the the people who burn burn their stuff to own the libs or something. <laughs> yeah, the the shoes they already paid for. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and of course, there's no fire. Like you can just explode away. That I just I loved. Yeah. Which I mean is I guess technically true. You can put out a fire by kind of creating that vacuum of blow, blowing it out, basically. Yeah, just get rid of all the fuel source. Yeah. Uh, Return of the Turtleoid, the final appearance of Big Louie. As well as the only uh, episode that Big Louie appears in that doesn't have Shredder in it. Yeah, because they do, they mentioned specifically that like Krang and Shredder aren't even going to be in this one. Which I thought was funny that they like said that up at the top there. <laughs> like <laughs> the, the second time that Leo thinks that it's going to be Krang and Shredder, Donatello just shuts them up and is like, they're not even in this episode. Yeah, they don't want to set the wrong expectations. For me, uh, I don't know if anyone else was getting Terminator vibes from Destructor X. Yeah. Totally. Though I was also getting Transmutate vibes. That, that goes over my head. I don't know what that is. So Beast Wars. I was going to say, like, is that a Beast Wars reference? The best Transformers. <laughs> hands down i um, fell i fell off of beast wars when tigertron and, and air razor died yeah uh was that season one uh was it season one or season two i know they come back as silverbolt but i i'd already moved off of the show and then i remember when it became beast machines yeah beast machines i mean we don't talk about that yeah even though i think it, it had its its merits but that show really started getting going and they just started like it, it turned from like a, a toy ad show into like crazy deep stuff. But there's a transformer because in Beast Wars, um they go they go they kind of go back in time, blah blah blah. So they're they're mm. orbiting, they're all their they're on a ship, and so they all get scattered, and so they're kind of orbiting the earth and periodically when they need to make a new toy, um, a new transformer will fall to earth mm. and then it scans a animal and they become that animal but transmutate there's something goes wrong with his pod and so he stays in like a a really like oh yeah i remember that character yeah yeah yeah. and destructor x reminds me of him because he has like some of his limbs are skinny some of them are big yeah he's like all asymmetrical like half formed kind of oh yeah okay so he has he has kind of a goofy design but it's also like kind of creepy and me tying it back to transmutate who is like intensely like it freaked me out as a kid, still freaks me out now, even though he's like a a good, kind-hearted character. But with that frame of mind, I thought this design was actually pretty terrifying. And then on top of that, you have the Terminator stuff. So Yeah. 
And uh, Terminator Spencer, must have been popping off at this time. Spencer Transmutate is a lot like uh, Nano. Okay. He who shall not be named. Oh, yeah, there's a good connection. Nano's a great character, dude. <laughs> Don't so even. Much. He's awesome. So Traumatized uh, me as a kid, too. Uh, what Nano did, like, he falls into, like, the whole melting thing. Man. You would you would love Transmutate, then. Probably. Uh, <laughs> lost my train of thought. Uh, but, yeah, like, and, I mean, the Terminator vibes go also, like, beyond just the looks, because, like, his whole, like, digital readout screen is basically the one from terminator as well yeah as he's as he's hunting them down it's also very like robocop yeah i i half expected him to have an arnold schwarzenegger accent they they did show remarkable restraint i would say they didn't yeah throw that like i'm honestly surprised they didn't do it yeah. i'm also it's also annoying that like you've got a robot defender of the city who would have been perfect for this and rex one does not show up at all Nope, he was charging his batteries. Probably. They probably put him back in, in the warehouse. I, I think I think he's been terminated and is in use. Wah, in wah. Got him. All right. But yeah, that is, uh, I think, everything that we noticed for these episodes. Destructor X, he, does, he makes a lot of explosions himself, by the way. Um, I do want to say also, Kerma, I don't know if I'm just an old man, but his quiet talk voice i can't I, I can't yeah that is definitely an anchovy of mine uh so speaking of anchovies let's talk about what we didn't like no anchovies you put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble okay so i didn't like the fact that they called seawater their natural environment because <laughs> supposedly the turtles are supposed to be like red-eared sliders all that stuff also it's a lame cure it's such like a a do ex machina moment they land in the water and it's just like oh wow yeah it wore off this is what we needed i just i can't stand episodes where where the main characters turn into kids i hate them yeah it is it is an old trope that oh, uh God, exists it's in everything so annoying and then like it's like the these turtles turn in like like I said we haven't seen the turtles as kids before in this show so having them like be kids and then be so obnoxious with like the baby talk like that just over the just over the over the roof with me on that I hated it and they don't know how to read anymore yeah it's like it's like they got dumber <laughs> And kids like, are dumb. It's sending a clear message that kids are terrible. But they, they got, don't got have dumber, them. but then like still knew certain things. <laughs> yeah, because they 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 still like knew said, they, like, wanted they, to, they, they still, wanted to they beat up knew, Shredder. Like, yeah, like they knew who Shredder was, but all of a sudden they can't read anymore. Um, you know, April art April becomes anti-April for some reason. <laughs> anti-April. Yeah. Well, because they they can't like there was really you can't go to Grandma April. It can't be Grammy. Oh, that would have been hilarious if that if that's where they went. But yeah, but you can't you can't go to that. You gotta go, she's got to be anti April. Um, it's, and this this kind of goes into um, Return of the Turtleoid as well, uh, and, and I guess sort of Irikawa. But like again, the turtles are just in broad daylight doing their thing. Every like just walking into places like normal, like the baby turtles run out into the middle of the street and everybody's avoiding them while driving 
it's true and it's um like the previous episodes i think it was super irma where they're like they're delighted to go to the costume party mm-hmm. so they're like acting as if like oh like this is a, a rare treat for them but clearly they're active like they have no regard for ninja or like blending in or disappearing into the shadows yeah they're just out and about yeah like this show this show has such a hard time deciding if the turtles are like a known quantity or not and so like again this is just an episode where they're a known quantity like nobody seems to care that there are baby turtle men running around on the streets that's actually one thing that the 2012 series is also guilty of too actually because they were least, always like, outside, always but, at night. And like, it's people's wind. Like in this episode too, you can see like people's windows, their lights are on. Mm-hmm. So they're awake. <laughs> but I mean, at, but at least in 2012, the city is always empty. True. Because, and then as it goes on, the city is like literally empty. Or Yeah, because well, they were too cheap to animate other people. <laughs> but the, uh, but yeah, but, but, and, and that was my, well, that's one of my things about 2012 too, is that like, that doesn't look like New York. That looks like Canada. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like so so again, this is just another one where the turtles are like a known quantity. So everyone's just kind of like, okay, what are the turtles up to again? All oh, their babies now. Let's let's drive past them. Yeah. Well, the same thing happened like along those lines, like the the not being able to decide whether the turtles are existing or not in Return of the Turtleoid when they walk into the Channel 6 building and Vernon's just like, I don't oh, know, yeah. just quote well, them that's... and show them doing it when in other episodes he'd be like, oh man, gotta get gotta get that on film or oh man, like. <laughs> well, I think I think at that point for Vernon, like he just doesn't care anymore because he's literally just like, oh, there's five of them now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and well, he's like, also and, seen... And... Like the Empire State Building as a spaceship fly down. So yeah, yeah. But then also Vernon is just kind of like he he even says as he's walking past them like he's tired and he's just going home from work. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've all been there, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, as a newsman, you know, eventually the clicks die out. Huh? You got to do. People aren't clicking for turtles anymore. Well, and well news. that, and also you know he he's hourly. So once he's done, he's he, once he once that clock hits five, he's done. He's out. Oh, I understand. I don't think yeah. about, I don't think about work either. Once they stop paying me to think about it, I'm off the clock. Not my job. Yeah, exactly. That's someone. That's the next shift. Yeah, and then my uh, back to like adventures in turtles sitting. There's this moment when the turtles are on the island and the villains are on the island. Like Shredder fails to like beat the turtles in a fight, and like you know goes back to the Technodrome. But then like Kring exclaims that this is like another failure when Shredder runs off. But, like, his plan is going off even better than before up until the turtles pop the balloons. Like, he's literally got the turtles yeah. and the mobsters all on this island taking off. And he's like, oh, another failure. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, they haven't, your plan's working <laughs> even better than, than you even planned it to work because the turtles are on the island. It, it the makes me feel for Shredder just as a mistreated employee. Yeah. Like even like you can see when like Krang's berating him and he just has to soften the mood by complimenting the eyes. He knows what he's doing. All right. So sort of Yurikawa. It's another episode that involves a mind control device. There are so many times they've created a mind control device in this show as a part of their evil plan. Yeah, it 
to be honest, like this one, as much as I don't like baby turtles or like just baby main characters, this one was just kind of a nothing. Because like even then the sword really wasn't that interesting. Yeah. Well, we also have already had like a at least a, to, at least to me it wasn't. Yeah. Well, we've already even had a a ninja sword episode because there was the ninja sword of nowhere way back at like season two or so where you have that ninja sword that can cut through the fabric of reality and take them other places and so it's like we already had this mystic sword thing pop up they can do magic things and now we're just kind of rehashing it again uh i i didn't like how seemingly splinter is the one destroying the bridge yeah on accident is he's yeah he says how the sword like it can't be used for evil only good yeah the sword's repeatedly cutting like the suspension cables well and earlier when leo tries to wield it it burns him and stuff it's like was leo trying to do something evil with the sword he didn't <laughs> like purify his mind and heart yet oh yeah <laughs> like like that was such a weird rule it, well it doesn't make sense but leo can't use it because like i said it it burns him like and it, it yeah. won't work for him and i was like is leo trying to like kill someone right now like <laughs> what's the evil he's trying to do he, he must have been like that was what was in his heart and the sword knew it waiting for the episode of 87 where leo flips on the family <laughs> and see that that would be a good episode right there yeah maybe in the darker red sky years I'm actually kind of excited for those just because it's a, a change in pace. <laughs> yeah, I realize of, of the series, those are probably the ones I watched the most. Because um, as a kid, I did like you, I'd see these on like reruns or whatever they were showing. Mm. But when I was becoming more like older and like recording them on VHS, it was the Red Sky episodes. Uh, Return of the Turtleoid. Again. Kerma's just landing his ship, his giant skyscraper-sized ship in the middle of New York, and nobody notices it. Well, and also, like, where did, like, how does, how is there a vacant lot there? It's, exactly. Like, where is he landing it? That and it's, it's, it's street level. Enough. It's, like, it's, it's a good access, good parking. But again, like, you would think that would be a huge, a huge deal. Yeah, I don't think that that part of New York is zoned for spaceships. Yeah, exactly. And it's so like, could he not have picked a more conspicuous design? <laughs> like it kind of looks like it could be like a Chrysler building esque type of thing, but it's like, how many of those? If you were if you were somebody that lived in New York, you would notice a new Chrysler building, <laughs> a gold a gold Chrysler building. You that would stand out. Wow, That's they really put them up fast these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of the gold, why did the turtles not take Kerma to somewhere just with gold, like a jewelry store? Because, yeah, because it's never, like, established that it has to be a certain type of gold. Like, it doesn't have to be the gold from his planet or, like, from his gold-creating machine. His he can just do... swatch. Yeah. So it's like you can just refract gold off of something and then shine that light on him. It is very weird that, uh, yeah, that it kind of just doesn't they just didn't take him anywhere that he could be healthy at once again the turtle's recklessness and splinter's recklessness comes into play oh definitely uh destructor x it, it, it's an interesting design but it's it's also like it's just very clunky yeah because um, like you can hear him like 
like the creaky like roboty walk noises so he's like, like this super futuristic uh space terminator which apparently the the turtleoids are sending out they're gonna go execute the the bad criminals well um which and is, that's the thing is like i don't harsh. think the i don't think the turtleoids had created destructor x um i think the uh because i think kerma says that it's just from space well because they said he's like they programmed him to go after what nerma right but i don't think like i don't think the turtleoids did it because because then michelangelo says like the turtleoids very specifically are peaceful mm. people yeah that would make sense though i feel like kerma he's just because like so they didn't even have weapons shifty. to uh they didn't even have any weapons to fight this huh yeah that's true yeah kerma's totally defenseless well yeah like the because like they didn't even have any any um weapons to fight herman the horrible back in back in planet of the turtleoids so it's just weird all around i wish like we knew kind of where destructor x had come from i think that would have been a little bit more interesting but well it is what it is they didn't have enough time with all the the visor shots they had to do yeah no there you go that's it scans yeah this one to me is just kind of like another typical david wise episode that just has like one too many things going on in it <laughs> one too many side characters and things more like side plots i guess see like it does and it doesn't uh because i'm gonna get into it in the next section but uh spoiler alert this was actually my favorite episode of the bunch oh i love being a turtle it, yeah it probably was did almost better. get ran over willingly so that's kind yeah. of a high point yeah <laughs> that was funny where like vernon was literally walking in the middle of the street at that point no fear he, he literally like walks he he almost he runs into the car more than it runs into him exactly i i had to rewind it because i was like was that just animated bad and it's like no he literally <laughs> was in the street it's ready to go or he's got that new yorker attitude like i'm walking here yeah no exactly which like vernon's not really the type that type of character like he's not he's not that stereotypical new yorker yeah he's, he's kind of just that like annoying fop most of the time it's cool that they brought back the one-off mobster characters like i don't know like i'm kind of glad they did i always complain about this show having so many one-off characters that they just never revisit or you see them every once in a while it's nice when they say like oh yeah we created these characters let's use them again and, and see them again in an episode yeah like we've talked about it before like yeah we see a lot of characters come back for like to be the villains of an episode and stuff uh, but it is nice to kind of see this continuity of like all these villains coming back even though they were going to kill them all and they they yep. can't handle marbles yeah exactly <laughs> just like the, the floor is covered in marbles it's over kids like <laughs> we're done I did, I did. I appreciate moments like that, that their true weakness. And I gotta say, like, I know you guys aren't aren't hip on the the baby turtles, but I can, I love them. I they're not bad in concept. Like, like I said, I hate that trope because like so many cartoons do it. Yeah, and they just they reinforce like how terrible kids are. 
Yeah. That being said, when I was a kid, I loved all of the uh, the child episodes, though, when I was a kid. Like any episode where the characters turn into babies, I ate it up. And so I imagine <laughs> that's why cartoons keep doing it over and so over again. you're the problem. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't <laughs> be the only person, though. I'm pretty sure that every kid ever is like, oh, no, man, yeah. I love seeing exactly. these characters sure. as babies. Were you I, a fan I, of Muppet Babies? See Muppet Baby. Okay, I didn't get to see that one. So this is so so. I was gonna say here's the difference. Adult characters that turn into babies is what I hate. Uh, baby versions of characters I don't hate. So Muppet Babies, Tom and Jerry kids, Flintstones kids, pup named Scooby Doo, bangers, all of them. Uh, the Looney Tunes ones where they were like babies. Uh, I, you know uh, I didn't or Tiny watch Tunes. Is that what it was? Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tunes is different because those were new characters. Huh. Yeah, they were like they were like new kid. Yeah, like that was uh, like the next generation of Looney Tunes. Like okay. They went to to anniversary. I had a very very vague memory of that show. Acme so that's probably how that really was. Acme Looniversity. That show that was a good show though. Oh, t- you wait, Spencer, you hadn't seen Tiny Tunes? I think I did as a kid. I just have very vague memories of it. Just tiny, tiny memories. And you probably like if you remember any of like the songs they did. That's Tiny Tunes. No, I don't remember any of the songs. Um, like uh, Constantinople. I forget the. the I have a much song. better memory of Lunatics Unleashed. Uh, that's not something to brag about. Lunatics? It was a great show. I loved that as a kid. Lunatics Unleashed <laughs> was like the, was like they tried to edge up the Looney Tunes characters. So it's like far future descendants of oh yeah of oh no and they were superheroes and, and they were no, superheroes no, no. <laughs> yeah i wouldn't call it edging it up it wasn't like oh, edging they up. Edged it was just... them up. that was like serious versions of it, it's not it's like it's not quite batman the animated series in in like that kind of dark tone but it's like it's it, i would say it's like x-men the animated series yeah, it definitely I see it. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was it was mostly jokes though. Like it was a funny show. Lots of jokes. It didn't take itself incredibly seriously. No, and, and I mean that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't have to. Like it was very tongue in cheek edgy. Uh-huh. But it like you look at Bugs Bunny and then you look at uh what was his name? Some uh, I can't remember any of their names. Like, he was like a, he was the fast character. Yeah, he, I know. Oh yeah. Um yeah, I don't and he yeah and you look at you look at him and you're like this is bugs's great great grandson and you're like come on i feel like maybe this is how when people don't like rise maybe this is maybe that's what it's like i mean and and maybe you know <laughs> but i'm i'm with you i we no we can't we can't have lunatics unleashed it's lunatics unleashed is fine it's it's not it's not a bad cartoon it's just it's just very it's very weird. It's certainly a product of its time. Like just looking at God. it, you know, like oh yeah. That whole like kids WB era though was like was really cool for a lot of stuff they tried because like like you said, like Lunatics Unleashed isn't a bad cartoon. It's just very weird, but it's like you can respect that it's weird because they were just trying anything. Like one of my favorite cartoons from that era was um, uh, it was The Legend of Calamity Jane. And it just had this really cool art style um, that just like I had never seen in a um, in like a 
cartoon on a on a network oh yeah yeah that's very it's kind of it's it's very like anime yeah it's like it's like kind of anime inspired but like not it, it's but like kind of like indie comic inspired it kind of reminds me of like big o yeah that's 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 where like i think that's kind of why i gravitated towards big o too because i was like oh this looks like calamity jane um, yeah yeah so like that that was a really cool cartoon uh i loved hysteria which was like it was never as good as animaniacs but like take all of the history episodes of animaniacs and like make a show where the historical figures are the animaniacs and that's hysteria yeah i don't think i ever caught that one uh and then obviously freakazoid is just one of the best things of all time Freakazoid's funny. I like love me some Freakazoid. Uh, okay, so <laughs> where did we leave it off? Um, turtle sitting. Uh, don't yeah. hate baby characters. Hate adult characters that turn into babies. Will you though? Will you get the action figures, the accessory pack? Uh, I'm getting the accessory pack, so I'm getting the figures by proxy. Uh, are they gonna do? Um... Are they going to do Mikey as a kid, or are they are they going legit and making? I him... think all four of them. Yeah, because because you that. know half the fandom has not seen <laughs> this episode. Yeah, so of course they're gonna like if you didn't have Mikey in there, you know that uh, you know that everybody would get mad. I would love it if they just they just reissued like the regular Mikey in the set. That would be hilarious. <laughs> be absolutely hilarious. I'm, all trying right. to, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to look up the speaky geeky interview real quick so I can see if like if it was all four of them in there. Yeah. I mean it I, I can't imagine they wouldn't throw in Mikey unless they're just that like sticklers for it. Yeah, I kinda I really dug these episodes actually. And maybe I I, I probably have the benefit where I'm coming in fresh just on this season, really, mm-hmm. like hardcore watching it. Uh they do have baby Mikey. Nice. I mean, I, I guess you could just swap in your own like adult Mikey and everyone's happy. Yeah. Uh, sword of Yurikawa, what did you like? Uh, seeing the sword work was kind of fun. You know, I don't know. Like you said, it's kind of not interesting and that kind of, you know, bagged on a party kind of being like the ninja sort of nowhere, but fire and chainsaw sword and whatever else was, you know, something a little different, I guess. It was fun. Yeah, that was neat. Where like Shredder... <laughs> Again, like Shredder in his infinite wisdom thinks he's gonna chainsaw like the the metal bridge cables, um, which I would love to see, but of course it immediately backfires. That was super fun. I would love if if they do. Um, I think the sword account the the sword they included with Splinter already, or at least the fire effect. Um, but I would love like this competent ninja Splinter in a figure. Yeah, like I think. I think a, a Splinter Ultimate would be kind of neat. So I don't think I don't think Neko swing back around and do that, but because I have to look at all of this in the in the action figure eyes. Yeah, no, exactly. You gotta, I mean, that's how they do it. They get like, would this be a cool figure? Which I know they're not doing correctly because they still haven't made Hokum hair. But that's another. That's <laughs> beside the point. Um, I think the concept of the Sword of Yukawa is neat, like a sword that can kind of transform into anything, but like only if you're pure of heart uh that's neat also kind of silly that like wasn't splinter says that like it's his masters yeah because like um they're watching it on like the news 
because also then also like shredder recognized it as well and so it would have been shredder's master so then i was like huh wait so i maybe shredder just didn't pay attention to the uh legend which is why he thinks that he can use it shredder he's also he's just he's he's such a jobber he's really just trying to get out of his bad nine to five with crank oh yeah like that is a that is an unhealthy relationship and he wants out bad <laughs> but it, well, i did love seeing like each of their attempts like their different attempts to get the sword and they end up with the fakes i thought that was that was pretty fun yeah it was kind of neat to see splinter like immediately be like no nah, like i sent i sent the boys to go do this but i i should probably be the one to go do it yeah and he says like he he doesn't like uh deception but that's also a splinter lie. Like he's always, even back in the Mirage days, or like the IDW, he's always, yeah, absolutely. he's always doing some deception whenever he can. But I think it's it's always good to see like a competent, like just extreme ninja splinter. Yeah, uh, hard agree on that one. Spencer, do you got anything else? Uh, not really. No. All right. Dist- uh, Return of the Turtleoids. Uh, the tone of this episode was so good for me like this really like every it it, it goes a little david wise where he throws too many storylines in there but i felt like this was one of the first times that like it really kind of all connected yeah no it does definitely connect better than it normally does in this episode for sure because like like yeah like obviously you don't need a lot of the story beats were all together yeah, like they all they all build off of each other and like, yeah, you don't need Big Louie. Like that's probably the one thing in this episode you don't need. Cause like you could have honestly even replaced Big Louie with Shredder and it still would have been the same episode. Yeah. But I guess like Shredder isn't as motivated by gold as like a mobster like Big Louie would be, so it kind of makes sense for Big Louie to be there anyway. Um but yeah, but like like I said this this episode's kind of firing on all cylinders and like everything builds off of each other like the destructor x uh him just kind of walking around destroying stuff looking for kerma like he there's there's that he's like when he's walking through april's apartment and it's like it's legitimately kind of tense we're like, yeah, like uh april and splinter are trying to like get out of there <laughs> and they like they put like jelly on his eyes or something they yeah. pick up like the whole bed and <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. just pick up the whole I, bed. I, I did appreciate like Kerma. you really see how strong they both are because they they I I I've never had a moving go that smoothly. Yeah. I also like that like April's got like that child bed. Yeah. <laughs> like that that is that is not a bed for a you know late twenties, early thirties woman. Yeah, with like the spindly wrought iron. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, it might be, you know, whatever. But but it was just it was just funny to see like that's April's bed. I guess she doesn't spend so much time at home these days. But she's anyways. got like, she's got such a huge apartment too, but like nothing in it, and it's like that's the bed that you have. Like you have a whole apartment to yourself. Like get a, get, a, get at least a queen. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's kind of like it's not even that big for Kerma when he's on it. Yeah, like he takes up almost the whole bed, and Kerma's like three feet tall. I, I do like also like Kerma um, just how nonchalant when they do revive him he's just like oh I guess I just dozed off he's just so like carefree about it all yeah <laughs> it's weird how like 
I I like that like Kerma, like he's a turtleoid, but not like a turtle. So he, whereas like the turtles are turtles, and it's like they go out of their way to kind of make the turtleoids look very like not like mutated turtles. Like the, and you like, never I don't think you ever are. see a shell or even a hint of a shell. You kind of do, like, you see, like, the plaster in, like, his stomach side peek out through his robe. But then there's that part where he, like, literally strips in front of the turtles when they get back to the ship. <laughs> and you do kind of see his shell. But, yeah. I think I, I must have repressed that memory. Oh, it's like it's like when they first get back to the <laughs> ship and, like, uh, before Destructor X uh, breaks down the, the door uh, and everybody, like, everybody's taking off their disguises and then Kermit just like strips in front of them. And it's, I mean, it's funny because like all of the turtles are naked anyway, mm. but it's just especially funny because like Kermit's like really undressing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't think you ever see the turtles or even splinter hardly ever take off clothes at all in this series because Not it's like... so much to animate. Like, cause I think there was one time where, they had like pants or something on and like they just cut away from them and then cut back and boom they had clothes on well they, they, do, like it, they do it in these episodes too where like the turtles like have to go into battle and they just throw off the disguise i, yeah. I did think that was funny because again they're like out in the city broad daylight um seemingly that the the clothing wasn't hampering them before but it, it's like you know when like two like big guys get in a fight and they just the first thing they do is like rip their shirts off <laughs> yeah <laughs> I also feel like this show was written just to spite me for claiming this show is terrible at keeping track of continuity as it like mentions everything that happened in the planet of the turtleoids special. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's funny. Like this is, I mean, this is, this episode very much builds off of that one. So you kind of have to see that to understand some of the jokes here. Yeah. Cause like you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. Cause like Raph, Michelangelo or Raph mentions Herman the horrible and Michelangelo pulls a picture of him out of his wallet. Yeah. And then, like, you wouldn't know about, like, why the turtleoids need gold. Yeah. Or the light reflected from gold. Yeah. Uh, and, and all that. So it's like, yeah, you kind of have to see that. So, so it's nice to have that kind of continuity. It's funny that it's only, like, four episodes later. Yeah. Which technically, Planet of the Turtleoids, like, aired as part of season five. And then, like, so this is a lot later. But it's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah, well, once again, like, David Wise seems to be the only guy that, like, writes on this show that's, like, trying to, like, create some sort of continuity and try to build on previous things. Yeah, because I mean, it's you been know? a while since, like, Michael Reeves has been here. Yeah. Since we've had a Michael Reeves joint, so it's, like, we have to have David Wise to come in and save the day. Yeah. Um, But I, just, I was going to say, like, that Kerma, Kerma stripping reminds, reminded me a lot of, like, the uh cartoon network like 2d clone wars where there's like an episode where uh c3po is in disguise and then like they're like 3po take off your take off your robe and it's like this sexy saxophone music when he does it <laughs> and it just it just i flashed back to that when i was when i saw kerma doing it it was just funny yeah but yeah you know, like i said like this this episode I think for me it was really the strongest one um, because it, it's it, it didn't even feel like it took like that long to kind of get through. Whereas like sort of Yurikawa and, and Adventures in Turtle Sitting like really did feel like a, a lot to get through. Um, Return of the Turtleoids is very brisk like it moves along and like you're like they're constantly running from Destructor X. 
that's true and it is very like it's thematically concise there's not like the kind of classic really like almost like they're doing like oh just like a slice of life scene to scene this is like they knew what they were going for the whole time. yeah like mikey like they even do it like where the turtles had just gotten home from fighting big louie over the sonic disruptor and then they're like immediately like all right back at it we got to get out there again but I, I do guess. love I do love the jokes specifically about like uh when when April finishes her broadcast about the sonic disruptor and then everyone's like, all right, let's go. And they're like, didn't you notice? Or they're like, why? And didn't don't you notice that like every time April does a news report on whatever new inventions, Shredder and Krang are right there? And Donatello's like, huh, I guess there is a pattern. <laughs> this is literally how every single episode of this show begins. Yeah. Or at least so, every other. <laughs> yeah, so I I, I love I loved that joke. And then it's, I really loved the, like, the Leo really wanting to get there to, like, stop Shredder and Krang. Because he's so committed to that. And Donatello's like, they're not even in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, I, I love, those are the kind of fourth wall breaks I like. So, uh, you guys got anything else for these? Nope, I'm good to go on the news. Nope, I'm done. All right. Well, that is three banger episodes for season four, uh, season six, season episodes four, five, and six of season six. Man, that's it. Makes sense when you, <laughs> you go into it like that. Uh, so yeah, uh, good stuff. Go check them out. On to news. This is April O'Neil of Channel Six. All right. So for comic books, both Armageddon Games number five and TMNT one thirty seven are going to be hitting your comic book shops on February 15th. So that's the Wednesday after this episode drops. If you may have noticed, uh, I started posting what comics are going to be coming out on those particular Wednesdays. Uh, I definitely didn't mess it up this time, <laughs> this week when I started this. Uh, but yeah, so keep an eye out on our socials. We'll also post what new issues are hitting stores that Wednesday like the Wednesday they come out so that if you see our post, you can be like, oh, let me go call my comic book shop. And then Cody, uh, since you are a toy guy, do you want to take uh, what was just announced by Super 7? Yeah, we have. I mean, we kind of knew it was coming, but they revealed uh, the glow in the dark slash, which um, it's, what is it? $60 on their website. It's exclusive to their website. Who knows if that will actually hold, though I feel like their their website exclusives do usually stick. If you order it today from them, it's because it's National Pizza Day, you do get 15% off, which with their shipping costs, that's a great help. Yeah. Uh, so like you said, it's $60. Uh, it is only open for 30 days. It is an exclusive to the Super 7 store. Um, I think all of the Glow in the Darks have been. Yeah, so like well, because the glow, um, the glow in the dark Baxter was a San Diego exclusive. Yeah, because I don't know what they did with Baxter. Um, because again, I, I really only jumped into this line about kind of last year or so, but I do know <laughs> when they've had like New York Comic Con exclusives, which I think uh Muckman was. Well, that was during COVID. So I think they did that one as an online, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because I know they had that, but then they you could get that from like Big Bad Toy Store. Um, so now lately, mm -hmm. folks are they're always they always seem very skeptical if it's really going to be exclusive or not. 
yeah like super seven like i i love the original super seven figures like super seven uh bebop and rock city are two of my all-time favorite figures um but i kind of fell off the line um so i don't have i don't even have the regular slash um so this one doesn't do it for me uh but people are getting their uh the four pack of the turtles the glow in the dark ones uh and they all seem to be loving them so and then Glow in the Dark Baxter was like a huge exclusive. A lot of people loved that one because the Baxter figure that it's made from is already a great figure. Yeah. So yeah. and I would say this slash, it's it's one of their most solid uh figures. Yeah, like everybody I've seen that got it loves it. And I just I've never really been a big slash guy, so I'm like, eh, it's not my favorite. I have the Archie slash. Archie slash is really good. It's really good. Like that's really the only slash I need. Like, put this one in the uh, that kind of teal blue that he is in uh, the Manhattan Project from the NES, and instantly I'll buy that. But this, but the but the Archie Slash is a really good figure, and that's kind of, that that's I think mine and a lot of people's definitive Slash. So, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, but yeah, so you can get this at, right now on the Super Seven Store. Uh, pre-orders are open until March tenth. So as of now, it's 28 days, uh, about 29 days. And yeah. And then last but not least, because Keith is uh, chiming in, he's not here, but he's with us in spirit and in our group chat. Uh, he sent us, he wanted me to come. I saw this earlier today. Uh, so Umbrella Entertainment, which is a uh, distributor of, um, I don't want to say like trauma type movies. <laughs> like if you know what a trauma flick is um but they did they were the distributor for the winnie the pooh blood and honey murder oh, no. <laughs> horror <That> one... movie <laughs> yeah. um they announced today uh, a one and a con- one of a kind sensory experience uh with umbrella entertainment's groundbreaking stinkovision technology the oh, special edition one... of teenage mutant ninja turtles the original movie uh, is a world first scratch and sniff sensational interactive viewing experience. Yeah, I, I, I remember I was looking at this and I just I have to wonder if this is officially licensed or not. Uh, Umbrella Entertainment is a big enough company, I think, where they would do it. They are specifically an inter- international company. So the the distribution rights may be a little bit different for them. Mm. Uh, to me, it seems like the the experience is going to be um, a high one, to say the least. <laughs> uh, I mean, but yeah. So it's it's got a poster, uh, scratch and sniff cards that you can scratch along and sniff the movie with. Which, like, it's really weird. Like, Cody, how old are you? Thirty six. Thirty six. Okay, so you it's so on thirty seven. So you got you and I are the same age. Um, like. Do you remember a time when like scratch and scratch of vision was a thing? Yeah. Um, like it wasn't a big thing, but it was like, yeah, because there was, was a period a where like scratch and sniff was just all the rage. Like if you remember, Earthbound came with scratch and sniff stickers. Uh, I I knew it did, but I didn't. I never played Earthbound. I wasn't a Super Nintendo kid. I was a Genesis kid. Oh, we have to be enemies. Um, so, well, I mean, I, I'm a Nintendo kid by heart, but I just. We had a Genesis. Sonic was all the rage, man. 
but yeah, no, I can. I had friends, so I, I bridged. I bridged. <laughs> you say I didn't have friends? <laughs> no, I mean I had friends. Like that was the kind of thing back in the day. Like you had one system, and if you were lucky, your friend had the different system. No, so that's true. My cousin had a Super Nintendo. So otherwise, like your parents weren't buying you too. <laughs> so. yeah, no, you're right. You're right. My my cousin had the Super Nintendo, so uh, I would go over play with him, and then I had the Sega. So. Yeah, it definitely like the scratch and sniff days. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of good to see him coming back. I don't know if the they ever smelt good or they were ever. Oh, they all smelled terrible from um, what I remember. Oh, actually, you know what? Um, the Office a few years back, um, they used to show The Office. I don't think they do anymore on Cozy TV. And there was a a period. I'll have to find a picture of it. I still have it. Um, they sent out. You could sign up, and it was the Smellovision thing where they sent you this like scratch card where you could go through it was like a valentine's episode where like mike has his apartment michael has his apartment with like the small tv and like the dinner party mm-hmm. and like as they go through it prompts you to like smell the things and it, interesting the smells were so strong um because they sent me two cards once i opened it i had to like seal it back up in like a, a plastic bag because the smell was so strong and mm-hmm. so vile it will it completely filled the room so be careful with these scratch and sniff things folks interesting uh yeah so i'm kind of curious about this uh it's another uh version of this movie on blu-ray i don't know if it's going to be any kind of remastered or anything um other than there might be like little icons that'll let you know what card to scratch and smell you know it actually does sound super fun i i think scratch and sniff yeah i don't think it'll be pleasant but well, it's specifically called Stinkovision. So uh, there is, I'm trying to read, it's hard to read what the actual individual scents are because it's yeah, covered yeah, on there, but there's uh, Napoli Pizza, Hippie Delight, Splinter's Magic, Incensed Rat, uh, Foot Clan Dojo, and Death by Trash. Not for the faint of heart. So you can kind of see what scenes they'll probably tie into <laughs> by by there's nine different scents. Um but yeah, uh so this is gonna be $29. You can get it on uh umbrellaent.com.au. Uh just go to their store and you can purchase it there. Oh, that's not bad actually. That's a lot cheaper than I would think. Yeah, I don't know what shipping to the states will be. So shipping calculated at checkout. Yeah, this is the kind of investigative research we do on this show. So let me let me pop in an address here. I mean, it's probably pretty pricey because um, I, I a while uh, ago 11... I something from a toy store in Argentina even, mm-hmm. and it was I think shipping was like fifty bucks. Yeah, know. well, I mean, I bought I bought an action figure on eBay from Australia, and it was like thirty bucks to ship. Although you know, like sometimes I bought um, I got uh, my mummy Leo from mm. ebay and it came from the uk i only paid 20 dollars for it shipped 20 total yeah like yeah. sometimes you'll get like weird deals where like they'll do free shipping the guy i bought my i bought like a um factory error like hellboy figure and he it was 52 dollars, but shipping was another 30 something yeah that that sounds more right because which I like imagine i was comfortable with that for that hellboy figure like buying it new is like 250 so i'm like eh. Uh, so shipping this to me in California is uh, $11. So this would be wow. a $40 experience for me. That's not bad. I guess because if it's coming from Australia, it's closer than it could be relatively. Yeah. I mean, I 
shows my geography knowledge. I'm just thinking. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm so sure Keith, it's a huge distance. <laughs> so Keith definitely wanted us to talk about that. Uh, he kind of just snuck that into our group chat. He's like, you guys do the news yet? Um, so yeah, so that is it for news this week. Cody, thank you so much for hanging out with us, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, thank you. It's been my pleasure. I've had a blast. Uh, thank you for having so much fun with us. Um, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet. So I'm mainly, I'm most active on TikTok, Cody Too Much New Toys, um, but you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, just Too Much New Toys. So easier there. And you might see me floating around in the groups. Various yeah. <laughs> if you're in some of the Facebook groups, you, you'll definitely see me and Cody in there. Um, uh, so yeah, guys, uh, thank you again so much for another, uh, listening to another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Uh, you follow us on all the socials, Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and Ninja Turtle PH. Uh, and yeah, guys, we love you. Thank you so much. Uh, and we'll, Spencer, what are we doing next time? Next time, we're going to be jumping back into the comics. So we'll be covering Armageddon Games number four, issue number 136 of TMNT, and Armageddon Games The Alliance number four. I got to make sure I have all those. <laughs> got to do a lot of catching up. Do I have them all here? I do. No, I don't. I don't have them yet. I got to go buy them. So, <laughs> so that's, a, that's a next week Mike problem. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. And then Cody, you can do it too. Cowabunga. <laughs>
uh, I know these are my ba- these are my babies. So uh, these guys and it's like I mess with them so much. Like they're all discolored and everything. Really? But, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the, it was a known issue. Like the plastic they used on the shells um, for some reason gets discolored and there's like weird spotting. Oh, I think I've seen that actually. Like, cause someone, um, <clears throat> those bootlegs are like everywhere, right? People, yeah. It's crazy. Like, um, cause people are like desperate to buy the bootlegs. Even they'll like pay a hundred dollars for bootlegs. I know it's it's so weird. <laughs> but someone was talking about like, oh, we know it's real because the the shell is discolored. Yeah. And I was just like, that's wild. Like, <laughs> uh, I think yeah, it's the shell because pretty much all of them have discolored by now. Uh, at least like all the ones that like everybody knows about um and then it's the joints uh so even the real ones have bad joints no the joint the joints are, are fine it's the the ones on the bootlegs like they don't um they're discolored or something oh makes sense makes sense so and i think like one of the stands isn't colored correctly so if you see it like the bootleg in the box you can be like okay that that fire hydrant isn't painted or something yeah man i'd jump all over some bootlegs if i found them for a decent price i got i I love these rebel tech figures they're they're so good they're not in scale with anything really which is kind of a bummer so it's like i can't really put them how tall are they um they're like six inch scale i think Mm, Uh, you know yeah they're six inch scale they're about as they're about as they go up to i have a star wars figure right here they're they're tall enough i'll send you a picture do you are you like are you a big collector or like you go for everything or i yeah i kind of buy whatever floats my fancy at the moment um like turtles is my main thing but then like i love x-men and star wars so like i'll buy a lot of mutants that i like um and then star wars i'll kind of buy like whatever version of star wars i like at the moment mm-hmm. um like i really like andor so i got a couple figures from that um mando i got mando and a couple other like tertiary characters um i love clones but i don't have like i don't have a luke sky oh, i have one luke skywalker i don't have any of the other ones oh, i have one leia and i have one han I have to really limit myself what I collect. Um, and I got to say, coming on this podcast is going to ruin me financially. <laughs> so I hope you all are proud of what you'll you'll do. Oh, why? Because we're going to talk about toys or we don't. So I'm the I'm the one who collects toys. Spencer doesn't buy any toys. Yeah, I, I collect the abominations that are the Funko Pops. Yeah, uh, my wife I, got me I've into that. I've into some Funkos. <laughs> like because my thing is i like just everything so if i see something cool i'm like oh i'm gonna get it um and so far i've stayed out of the tune line of turtles Mm. and i've been able to be like oh like i'm not really into them it's not really my thing um because i watch the show like casually but i i have it's been a long time since i've like watched the show watched the show Mm -hmm. um and so this week i'm watching it and now i'm like oh yeah i should get that figure that figure's out like, I do need a Kerma figure. Like, yeah, I'm. That's what like watching. So we did uh, Planet of the Turtleoids two weeks ago, and now we're doing this one. And I'm like, damn it, I should have gotten a Kerma figure. There was a Kerma figure. Like he came with Mondo Gecko. Oh wow. Yeah, Neca does a thing where 
I guess it's cool, but I also feel it's kind of kind of predatory. Well, they'll do a figure and like, oh, to like balance out the cost or make the value, we included this either unrelated accessory or little figure. And so yeah. it's like, oh, now I got to buy this. Yeah, like we were talking um, the Roculizer uh, that General Trag uses in the last episode we talked about um, mm -hmm. came with Mutagen Man or it came with Muckman. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, because everyone was like, why does Muckman have a gun? And it's like, well, because this is why. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's the same thing with NECA and the Gargoyles figures where how like the, they said smaller figures are going to come with the closed wings. And it's like, okay, well, what if you just wanted the Gargoyles? Yeah. You See, know? and that that part, like the the accessories, it's like, eh, but the the wings, that one, because like it, the good clothes wings coming yeah. only with like, I forget his name, like the dog one. Bronx. Dang, yeah, Bronx. Come on, NECA. What are you doing to folks? Yeah, no, it's 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 stupid. And I almost I almost just want to take a heat gun to the wings and just close them a lot. Um, <laughs> just remold and, them. Yeah, and I don't even because I don't even care. Like I don't need them that wide. They're big. So I've seen other people. I've seen other people on YouTube do it, uh, where they just took a heat gun to the to the fingers on the wings, and they just kind of like rounded them off to kind of bring them in a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it looked fine to me. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't do all of the Necatune line. Um, like, like I'm only buying characters that I that I really want. Like I don't have Muckman. I don't have. Um, I know there's a couple that I've skipped out on. Uh, the Rock Soldier and the Crooked Ninja Turtle Goon. Um, mm. Even though I really wanted that one, um, I only wanted the goons. I didn't want the Foot Soldier or the Rock Soldier, so I skipped them. Um, Antrax and. Uh, Antrax and where did he come? Scumbug. Skip them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones, but until now, I've been able to just be like, oh, you know, I don't need that line. But yeah, this week, um, I can already feel it creeping in and when I watch episodes. Yeah, I don't know why I react this way. Because it's not it's not even necessarily like it's a beloved character, but you're like, oh, that is cool in figure form yeah I've, like, I've seen that thing it's, it's, it's more, more like the, it's more like the novelty of it yeah and mm -hmm. i mean we and you and i see it a lot in the groups where where people are like i you know oh i don't remember these characters and it's like okay well because we stopped watching the show like back in season two yeah mm -hmm. you know a lot of, a lot of people did and because it, it goes back to like when people people got mad at the NECA version of Mutagen Man, not realizing that like he wasn't based on the toy that everybody had, he was based on how he looked in the show. And everyone was mad that he looked like that, not remembering what he looked like in the show. Yeah, it's really it really highlights what rose-colored glasses folks have with their childhoods. Yeah, no, yeah, because we've talked about it like, uh, like the Spencer, Keith, and I like talked about it. Like a lot of people misremember the show like being a certain way, like and it's i told you like it's like 30 years of looking at fan art have kind of yeah. made people think they remember this show a certain way mm -hmm. it always strikes me and again watching it again i actually like it makes me fall in love with it all over again strangely and you appreciate like the badness of it and just kind mm -hmm. of like how almost how brazen they were to just keep on making it when they had almost no business to do so 
Yeah. Um, but you really, you see like, cause people will say like, oh, like that's like the true version of the turtles. And it's like, it's not really that good. Like if you're watching it for like story or like characters, like, I don't know what you're latching onto yeah. in those terms. <laughs> cause like Spencer, Spencer's a big Mirage in 2003 fan. And, and IDW, I really like IDW comics and IDW. as well. Yeah, I've been going through. I'm trying to catch up on the IDW comics. I'm mm-hmm. on, I think it's 113. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. I'm kind of. I think it's towards. I'm finally getting through like Mutant Town. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you, I think you got like four or five more issues before it really, like you you start to get out of Mutant. The, the problem with Mutant Town was that, like, it went on too long, but that's because, like, a lo- all of those issues came out during COVID. Mm-hmm. And, like, Sophie Campbell was supposed to leave the book way earlier. And that she wound up, and she wound up staying on the book. Makes um, a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, she wound up staying on the book because, because of COVID and everybody's timelines got shifted around, so Armageddon game had gotten pushed back. Yeah, because so, like they they're usually not ones to like keep an arc going too long. Usually they're mm-hmm. pretty concise with it. But you're like, wow, they're really in Mutant Town. And yeah. again, like um, not this this one I can't blame on you folks, but I kind of got out of collecting individual issues. Issues and look, I can turn my video off soon. But <laughs> look, <you get laughs> one issue and then you get variant, and then you know it's just yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's my problem. Sometimes I see those variants and it gets tempting to like, what are you what are you talking about? Yeah, Yeah. there's a oh, God, whose cover? There's somebody's cover in one of the newest issues where I was like, I have to get that because I don't even like I I try to keep it to just cover A's Uh, like my store knows like I only want cover A Um, and there's sometimes where I'll, I'll like throw throw a bone at, or throw a monkey wrench at them and be like, ah, I really want B this time. Or did you get B? Oh, it's um, the Lost Years. Uh, all the Kevin Eastman Bs, like those are the ones I want. Oh yeah, yeah. they're sweet. Well, and then also the the newest issue, the Alliance Number Four, the mm. B cover, super cool. That's like Sophie Campbell's one where they're like, where it's like the whole Venus and the Franken Venus and the oh yeah yin and yang a, yeah what is it yeah like behind that one is so good yeah, yeah. i think she posted that on her um she posted it on twitter i know i saw it yeah that's where they get me luckily like my local comic shop they they don't really have great turtle stock for whatever reason a few years ago back when i was still doing issues like i um because a few of them around me shut down so like the only one left is this one in a mall which is pretty cool, um, but it's not Ooh. like a proper full comic book shop. It's more of like a general toy uh, board game store. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we stopped carrying turtles. And I was just like, oh, you're dead to me. We're through. Um, <laughs> they... And I guess since then it's picked up back enough where they, or at least for uh, Last Ronin and Lost Years, they're back into it. But... Yeah. Do they at least let you kind of like order them in? Yeah, they do, but again, and and I'm such I realize I'm such a weird comic person. For some mm. reason, um the I I just a poll list is just like too much pressure for me. Uh-huh. Oh, I guess like you. that kind of commitment where <laughs> cause I know again I'm gonna be like adding stuff. So before they know it, yeah. like, hey, you're uh 
uh, your 40 issues are in this month. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was um, I was like that, especially when I was reading um, Marvel and DC at the time. It was like early 2010s. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I had to stop that. So like the only the only thing I buy monthly now is is really turtles and then like a couple other indie comics some image stuff um and then like if i want to read marvel and dc like i have marvel unlimited because i just subscribe for the year for that that's good yeah Yeah, that's what i do for dc is i have their their comic book app then i just kind of read off there (laughs) yeah i love reading digitally usually i'm just on like comiXology these Mm -hmm. days but it's it's so hard to go out of digital because it's so convenient yeah and it's like most of my collection i mean because i have comiXology unlimited too mm-hmm. um and so Which a is, lot of comics that's, a, that's such a wild deal it really yeah. is it like really even is. just for like even if you're just in it for like the the turtles comics with idw they have basically everything and i'm not sure exactly when they put it on there but you can get super current yeah right now it's like up to last summer it's like only like six months behind which i mean you still get things spoiled for you if you're a part of any sort of ninja turtle group of anything for sure but it's it's still like an amazing deal to like be that close and even then if you just wait for an issue to be out for a month and you just stay a month behind it's half the price that it yeah, was to for buy sure. it. yeah that's really nice too yeah. yeah i i yeah i love digital i've kind of i haven't I've gotten out of Marvel and DC. I remember mm-hmm. when they did the new 52, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I'm going to go full in on DC, read all of these. Yeah. And eventually they just did too many. So I just fell off again. Yeah, yeah. I was on I was on Batman for a while. Um, and then I just like Death of the Family and then The Court of Owls. I just wound up not liking both stories. Yeah, Court of Owls was interesting. That was... It started off really good and then it petered out for me. Hmm. I've only uh, heard good things about the Court of Owls. I know, I know, which, which is why, like, I always take a ton of shit whenever, like, people, whenever I tell people that. Yeah. Uh, because it's like I like, I like a lot of Court of Owls, but like it, it really just petered out for me, and I wound up kind of like writing off the whole thing, and so it, it uh, did. It did kind of go on like too long and then they yeah. get a little too crazy with like all like the branching issues you need to pick up to like stay into the story, especially with, with something like Batman when they're like, good news, we have we have 40 different Batmans and you're mm. going to follow all of them on each of their series. Yeah. yeah, and which is which is one of my complaints for how Armageddon game has been going, um, but like where where it's hard for a lot of the Armageddon game issues to kind of justify like the side books because we have Armageddon game and then we have Armageddon game Alliance. And I really think like, I really believe you can just merge those two books. Yeah. And have that as the side story. Cause a lot of these, just a lot of those stories even just feel like backups to the main book. Do you find, cause with, with me, like for the past years, I've been more like catching up through the trades. Mm. Do you think you'd have a different view on it if you were reading them like all the way through as like one coherent run and not yes. where they're spaced out every month? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, because originally I fell off of IDW around Krang War in the seven, in the issue seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it wasn't until this podcast where I really started getting back into it. And then I started doing an IDW like full read through um, of all the volumes on Comixology. And I was like, this reads so much better in the hardcovers. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I've been thinking that a lot with Mutant Town, actually. Because like I've heard a ton about it and you know, people have their various feelings on it. Yeah. Um, but when you're reading it all together, it's kind of it's kind of like a nice, kind of like a slow burn. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of it kind of becomes like brilliant when it's collected. It's yeah, it's, and, and that's what I tell people too. It's it's like part of the sting of Mutant Town is because like because it did take so long like for all of these issues to come out, it really did feel like nothing was happening. But when you sit down and you read it all together, it flows so much better. Which is why like I usually do. Um, I'm not buying the hardcovers because like I, I was already too invested in the individual trades to like oh, switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily I never jumped, jumped onto those. Cause that would, cause you can get the trades. Like those are more up to date, right? Uh, they come out faster. Um, but they, because they, they, they come out like every, uh, hang on. What was the last one? I know I got it right here. Yeah, for me, I I collect the hardcovers, but I still end up like buying the issues to be more up to date in on digitally <laughs> and reading yeah. it digitally. Yeah. So it, it's really hard, especially waiting for the hardcovers where you're like, yeah, a year yeah. out. <laughs> well, what happened exactly? It's like a year out, and like pretty much what happened is I just got sick of comic book articles and everything just spoiling everything for me. Yeah, and so I was like, I just want to be caught up so that you know when something like Jenica happens. I'm here for it. You know, it's not something I yeah. learned from an article and end up catching up to in a year. You know, and like, yeah, totally. so my thing it's is like, I was still, I was still buying the individual issues. I just wasn't reading them. Really? You were just like, just straight up collecting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was straight up collecting. Like my, my heart was in it. Like I wanted to read them. I was just like, I, I, I have so many things that I'm into that yeah. like, sitting down and reading is really hard for me you realize you have to i i've i've noticed this more and more as i'm an adult um allegedly mm. you you really have to like it turns in like you have to like schedule your time out like okay i'm gonna i got this much time i'm gonna play the game i'm, yep. gonna, I'm gonna read and that's even like aside from like normal life tasks you have to do yeah like just your hobbies you're like you have to like plan out and make it like your job just to like do something that you kind of lose that feeling of like spontaneously just like oh like my whimsy i'm gonna <laughs> do yeah, this and, today and that's 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 part of the blessing of this show is like it this this kind of forces me to keep up with the with the book and makes me kind of appreciate a lot of it in a new way for sure like which honestly, is why, which is why sometimes that... i hate talking about the 87 cards <laughs> <laughs> i've actually like because I've been watching it this week with like that kind of eye to like talk mm -hmm. about it and notice things. And it's, it's kind of awesome. Like how much it does like enhance the show. So really your podcast, it's, it's onto something genius here. I really love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah no, like I... breaking. Yeah. It's, that was when Spencer interviewed me for the show. Um, like I told him like, that was one of the things I loved about it was the format. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very like you guys have like a nice tone. It's on pace. Like it's just it's really good because and I don't know, not to put down any other podcast, but sometimes folks just assemble a podcast and you're just like, oh, pal, 
come on like what are we doing well i can't i can't take too much credit you know i kind of took the format idea from a podcast called think the maker where like a bunch of like pop punk band members get together and talk about star wars uh that's a pretty good show and then also i just got lucky with with other people i ended up bringing up <laughs> yeah there you go but, when a good thing comes together yeah stick with it uh so volume f- I, I bought volume four and volume five of the trades of, of the so everything past 100 is called tmt reborn oh, yeah okay. uh, so volume five is 124 to 130 and then volume six should be out in next month that's a pretty so they're good pr- chunk of issues yeah they're pretty it's yeah six six issues each and I like I said, the they, they come out first trade back in what? the day and i kind of just yeah i have trying to get the whole run and then yeah i petered off getting individual issues or i think mm-hmm. it was about 70 and then it was just all trade all hardcovers but now I'm back. Yeah. Got yeah. I, I mean, I like I said, I, I had to get caught up. And I was staying a month behind. And then we had to start covering Armageddon game as it was coming out. We decided we were going to do that. And so now I'm paying like full price for all these issues digitally. And now we'll be buying them again when they come out in the oh yeah that's in the cool. IDW hardcovers, the collections. <laughs> that's a lot. At least the hardcovers, you know, if you catch them, I don't know where you buy yours. Like if you catch them on Amazon at the right time, you can yeah. get like a decent deal. Yeah, I'll catch them there, or sometimes, like, I'll try and support the comic book shop I go to, which is the Nerd Store in West really? Valley. You go to the Nerd Store? Uh-huh. That's the one you go to? See, that's the one. Do they Have they started stocking, like, full team and T again? I think so, yeah. they Did they ever drop it off? I never, so I don't buy the physical, like, individual issues of Ninja Turtles. Uh, I do buy my last Ronin issues there. They always have those there. Uh and I, they will have the hardcover collections off and on. I was able to buy the most recent one there. Oh, nice. Honestly, though, like, so I went I went to that mall. Uh-huh. Uh, I went, like, a week or two ago. Um, I guess, yeah, I went to, like, look for Lost Years. Um, that has the worst parking lot known to man. <laughs> yeah. I, um, because I'm, I'm a terrible parker, so I'm always trying to find, like, a faraway space. Because I, I, I try to avoid the vehicular madness, and I'll, I don't mind walking yeah and i quickly realized like oh this lot makes even less sense because like none of the roads line up like you're at random stop signs and like random lanes and i ended up parking so far behind the mall that i couldn't find the entrance because they were all employee entrances so i had to walk all the way around and go in through the movie theater and it turned like a five minute trip into like 20 minutes just like Yeah, what you got to do is you got to park where the Ross used to, not the Ross, it wasn't a Ross. It was a Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, okay. On the other side, you park where the Bed Bath & Beyond used to be, kind of by the, the sushi place, Sushi Monster. And there you can pretty much walk in right in the, through some doors on the side next to the emptied out Bed Bath & Beyond that turns into a spirit Halloween. Yeah, that's, that's uh, such a strange mall. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Somehow that general area got an infusion of cash with like the like different like rail options and whatnot and like new hotels. Uh-huh. But they were like, what if we don't put any of it into the mall, though? Yeah. It's, so it, it's like the weirdest, like halfway to becoming a ghost town mall, even though there's still seemingly a lot of people there. Yeah, it's it's, it's strange, though. 
be i really like that store but i guess i'll have to give them another try with like a more seasoned eye because i used to go to night flight comics that was my go-to huh where's that one at is it more closer to like salt lake well that one there was they had a few locations across Uh the valley but they're they all they're shut down now okay and i i feel like it's been a long time since i've seen him it's been a couple years but i feel like the guy who either worked at night flight or ran it actually is at the nerd store or he was okay before covid yeah because there's there's the closest ones to me are either heebie-jeebies and layton or the nerd store of west valley and i go up there for schooling for my job and so i end up passing by there to get it i also used to live in taylorsville so Uh, the comic situation is kind of dire in utah i guess it is yeah it's pretty bad which is weird with fanix and everything existing but then again fanix feels more like a pop culture convention than it is a comic book convention yeah it is strange because utah really is like a a nerdy area like if you're if you're into toys good like there's so many Walmarts and Targets. You can just, yeah, <laughs> it's very easy to find stuff if you're if you're hunting for it. Yeah, no, and like tons of people are super into Star Wars. Tons of people like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the nerd scene is pretty big, but for whatever reason, comic books just aren't a part of it. I, I don't know why. Yeah, that is super strange. Anyway, we should probably get her started on the episode. It's think so. Just maybe just a little bit. <laughs> well this is all good this is all very good bonus content so. it is that was a great discussion all right <clears throat> let me uh yeah should be ready all righty Cody, you got water <clears throat> you're, you're all good you're all hydrated yeah yep. i'm good let me take a sip I'm, I'm nervous for this part though fellas i'm nervous oh it's okay so what i'll do is um Spencer, Spencer and I will just do our intro and then we'll just we'll talk about how Keith isn't here tonight and then I will bring you in. Um, I'll talk about how I met you. Um, and then at the end of the show, when we do our socials, I'll let you plug everything you, you want. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like the worst influencer ever. So that <laughs> That's kind okay. Of I mean, stuff. it's, it's oh, me too. No. It's yeah, we're we're all really bad at this. I'm just more more I've been bad at it for longer, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Mike Mike is like our best guide social media. So <clears throat> I'm terrible with it. I, I don't really enjoy doing a whole lot of it. Uh, it's, anyway. it's, it's just all dumb luck. Trust me. Like, yeah. The more I try, the worse it gets. So you just got to wing. I just opened up TikTok and you just popped up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did just make a new TikTok, but. Oh, no, I was talking about Cody. <laughs> oh, him. Okay. I haven't seen one. I haven't seen one of our TikToks on my FYP for a while. Wow, yeah, you really got to um if you want to find people you're actually following you have to like hit like the follower tab because tiktok it's so bad at like actually showing even if like you interact yeah. with it like it comment it's so bad at huh. actually delivering certain accounts yeah yeah like it was funny because like i i did a tiktok recently that was just asking people what they'd like me to cover uh in these videos you know out of because i wasn't necessarily running out of ideas but i was looking for engagement and a lot more people responded like a lot more people are seeing that and responding to that than a lot of my previous videos and i'm like why why are a whole ton of people seeing my video asking for ideas and yeah. not the ones where i'm actually covering this stuff yeah that's that's the way it goes <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right ready when you are all righty <clears throat>